all smiles. I know what it takes to fool this town. I'll do it till the sun goes down and all through the night time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'll tell you what you wanna hear. Keep my sunglasses on while I shed a tear. It's never the right time. Yeah, yeah. Wednesday. Ha ha, your mute was on. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Wednesday, guys. Same to you. Steve, hey, how are you? Hey, Stephen. How you doing? Same to you, Jay. Oh, God. Okay, stop you too. All right. So, um, intro tonight, um, I couldn't look at it because um, I as some of you probably had seen, um, Eric and I and Steve and probably Dweese maybe posting um, that Eric lost one of his friends, um, one of his uh, paramotor students um, this past Sunday. And um, his family is watching. And I'm trying to, to, <laughs> I'm trying to get through it. Um, but 
Steve Clark. Um, Clark video. He was uh, one of our chatters that came on every week and, and yep. talked with us. And um, he passed away this week from uh, COVID. Yeah. Um, you guys probably saw some of the videos from, he was on the, um, he was at Northern Lights last year and um, he got solo um, just recently. Yep, October 1st. And um, Eric got him into the sky, what he's always wanted to do for probably the last two years. And um, we had some nice talks with him up in Michigan at Torchport. And he just, I know he was scared, you know, and we put the, the motor on his back. We put Montana's motor on his back and um, let him walk around. And one night I was sitting out with him and I said, what's holding you back? And he's like, I'm just scared. I walk every night. And he said he walks I don't remember what he said, but he walks like an hour before he goes to bed. And um, he was trying to get in, in shape for um, doing foot launch. And he was going to other um, Wisconsin fly-ins. And he would report back to us. Anyway, I talked him into um, trying to get on um, the trike. And he just ordered a trike recently. Um, and him and Eric had just recently put it together and he was supposed to help us work on our hangar and he really wanted to come down and hang out with Eric and, uh, work on the hangar. Um, but we got it done and he even called probably about a week ago and apologized to Eric saying that he was sorry that he couldn't come down. So anyway, this, um, goes out to you guys, um, the Clark family. So, all right. <laughs> I said no more of the sad stuff. You know, it's like, let's get back into the happy modes of uh, our family. Well, and but, the one happy thing we can consider of all this is, you know, he was a very kind and gracious person that supported us. And yeah, he did pass. But Eric, Eric got him up before he passed. He yeah. got, and, he didn't, and he didn't want sadness. Yeah. No, he didn't. That's what he got to take a first solo before he passed, and mm -hmm. I, I thought that was pretty and, awesome. That's pretty and his special. and his son Brandon's in the chat, and Brandon, um, I invited to come on the show, um, and he's going to come on in the last couple minutes of the show, and say hi to everybody and t talk about his dad and what his dad was really like. So, but um, Steve, we will never forget you. Um, and your smiles and goofiness. So, um, but let's get on with the show right now and let's introduce our guests, Erica and Cindia um, from Los Angeles. And they are hang gliders. Hello, ladies. Hello. They don't oh. look like hang gliders. No, I think we're hang glider like pilots. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, pilot, sorry. <laughs> All right. So, who wants to start out? How the heck did you get into this sport? Well, I'll answer that one. Okay. Erica started hounding her dad and I when she was, oh, 12 or so, about wanting to learn to fly. To hang glide. To hang glide. Specifically to hang glide. And my husband, her dad, is one of the most risk-averse people you will ever meet. He doesn't like going up ladders. 
He doesn't like driving on winding mountain roads. He doesn't um, like the risk of any sort of air sports. So the answer was no. Um, so she did a paper on it for school and that was fine. And then she turned 16 and got into high school and decided to do a paper specifically on the history of hang gliding. Well, in order to do the paper, of course, she had to do a hang gliding flight. So she talked us into letting her do a tandem flight with wind sports, Joe Greblow. And when she went up and she did her flight and had a great time. And then my dad came to town and she complained to her grandpa that we wouldn't let her fly. And my dad looked at me and said, why won't you let her fly? You did everything. I was very blessed to be, um, I rode horses. I was a national ski patrol for downhill skiing. I water skied since I was four years old. I certified scuba diver. I was very blessed to have a family that supported all of that. But I wasn't married to, at that time, a risk-averse person. And my husband was risk-averse. But dad said, my dad said, we're going to let her fly. So we took her to the beach. And she started taking lessons. And we were so impressed with the um, standards that Windsports has for their school. And she started to fly. And I watched. And I thought, that looks like fun. And even though, in 1983, <laughs> I took a hang gliding lesson, so I could even say I flew first, which I have the certificate to prove it. Keep your flight certificates, people. You'll need them for Otherwise your Otherwise, I'd never believe her, right? She never would have believed me. And um, and after, she flew for a year at the beach, and I was down there a lot, and I got to know the people, and I loved the environment and the camaraderie and just everything. Um, she soloed uh, two weeks before her 18th birthday, and we nice. all went and watched. And um, it's much, much safer to fly down from that man than to drive down. So I'll tell you, uh, it's always better. I know when she's going to fly down. And the day she soloed, I said, um, Joe, to the owner of the school, you, can I, could you teach me? And he said, sure. And she's, Erica said, mom, please come fly with me. And now we dance in the air together and it's fabulous. So, Erica, was your inspiration for hang gliding specifically because of your mother, or did you find that on your own and then really got into it? I had no idea she'd ever flown a hang glider. I saw a picture in a book when yeah. I was 10 years old, and I said, I want to do this, and they said no, and then when I did When did you find out that she dabbled in it a while ago? You know, it... it wasn't actually when she started. She didn't say, oh, I used to do this, or I did it once. Mm. At one point, she was... I think we were just debating who started first and she was like, you know what, actually it was me. And I was like, oh. sure. <laughs> I wasn't even born then. So, I mean, I can't really compete with that. She wasn't so even a single then. There's any young folks out there and you're getting a no, you got to go to your grandparents. It's a smart move. It's always the right move. <laughs> so where do you guys fly from? Usually, um, our home site is Silmar, uh, in Silmar, which is in Los Angeles, there's a 35, 40 foot mountain. Um, and that's where wind sports has their school. And that's where we teach now also. Um, but we fly all over the place. We were just in Arizona, um, last couple of weeks ago, Aerotoin, we were in Utah, point in the mountain before that, um, went to NorCal before that. So well, all over the place, really. Where she and I do most of our teaching, where I do my teaching actually is at Dockweiler State Beach. 
which is about mm, a few miles just south of LAX on the beach. And so we have actually a special exemption to be able to fly there because the it's actually a flyby for the helicopters to get under LAX. So it's always interesting to see the helicopter pilots uh, go whizzing by because helicopters and hang gliders do not get along. Yeah. Um, but we'll talk about a state beach. And this is a 30 foot hill that we fly from and it is a blast. It's a fabulous place to fly. Sounds like it. <laughs> so um, what does it take to become a hang glider? You guys are instructors. So if me never doing anything like this, what would be like day one like? It depends on the school um, and whether you're doing foot launch or toad. Um, but I'll just talk for our school, which is uh, foot launch. You'll do a training hill lesson. Um, so really, you don't have to know anything about hang gliding. You never touch the hang glider. It's totally fine. You'll come out. Um, we'll kind of show you the basics, give you your harness and helmet, and then you'll be flying right away. Um, but we'll run down next to you. I think in the intro, there are some uh, pictures of that. But we'll run next to the person and control the glider for them entirely. So they're flying, um, but they don't have to know the controls yet. So they'll get maybe a 10 second flight, do a bunch of those learning to control the hang glider. And that's kind of how we give people the introduction to it um, in, you know, in a very safe way. And then from there, they'll start doing more and more on their own. And if they're actually becoming a pilot, um, they'll do some tandems, uh, come back to the beach, learn more skills, turns, things like that, and then solo. So I could just imagine like someone who paraglides or somebody trying to like get into hang gliding and trying to kite the hang glider like you would a paraglider. Like, how do you control this thing? It's not working out for me. You know, the skills actually transfer like really well because it's it's weird because paragliding and hang gliding is kind of opposite. Um, like it's hard to describe, but the way the wing lifts up, like you'll make the opposite motion in the hang glider versus the paraglider. So it's like a little hard to get used to. But um, it's all feeling the wing. It's all reacting to what it does. So a paraglider pilot who tries hang gliding will actually have like a very easy time. Um, Duck spit PPG asks, how do you get the glider back up the hill? Well, I like to land the glider on top of the hill, so does she. Um, <laughs> but if you don't have the skills to do that or there's not enough wind, uh, you just carry it. So if there's no wind, um, you're just carrying this thing on your back. It's not the, that heavy, yeah. though. And the, if there's wind, um, you can just pick it up and kite it, and it's weightless. The, the glider weighs about 55 pounds. Um, and the way that the, the control frame is, you really can wedge yourself into it and walk it up the hill. And if, if it's an, a very low wind day, we get a workout. Um, and I often tell people that it's a great way to to um, get back in shape. I lost 35 pounds the year I learned to fly because um, I was carrying that sucker up the hill a lot because I wasn't top landing then. And um, and but it's really it's really not it's really not that bad. It's not that far. It's not that heavy. Um, one question in here, uh, Travis: What wind speeds can you fly in? Is it similar to paramotors? So we can fly in anything from zero, um, even a light tailwind if you wanted to, but I mean, who wants to do that? But it's possible to mm, 20 to maybe up to 30 if you're being a little A lot of it sketchy. depends on the glider that you're flying. So the glider that I tend to fly, which is an intermediate glider, beginning intermediate glider um, called a Falcon, I, the top speed on it is 35. I mean, that's when I am like cranked 
diving as hard as I can, my top speed is 35. Um, and I wouldn't personally fly it in anything stronger than about 22 because you can't go forward. And so it depends on your weight and your and your um, and, the, and the glider that you're flying. But the higher performance gliders will top out at I don't know 125 or something. So so they can fly in much stronger conditions than beginning intermediate gliders can fly in. So it really depends on the glider that you're flying. And I was thinking for launches, like you wouldn't want to launch in higher than 30, but in the air, the the speeds can be higher. So was that mom? doing the hop on the beach towards the end in the intro with the really pretty white off-white wing what what is the design on there that is a called a condor um and that is a our, actually our beach training glider oh. it has 330 square feet of sail uh, as opposed to my mountain glider which is 195 square feet and her mountain oh. glider which is 170 uh, or 145 depending on the wind conditions eric is going to fly in um so that glider is like a big floaty super forgiving we love it loving fun glider to fly because you just literally you can see we just step into the air and you're just floating in the air it's just it's our favorite glider to fly actually i think i'll go one more question karen's got one in the chat and how long does it take to learn to hang glide and then i'll so go again, in with some of your pictures Again, it kind of just depends on the person and the school and the conditions. Um, if you're going every week and you have good conditions, I would say maybe a couple months, but there are a lot of people who will take time off or maybe they can't fly for a few weeks because of the weather or hate to go or whatever. Um, so it can take longer often. It, a lot of it depends on how relaxed you are. I, I, and I kind of match it to ride, learning to ride a bicycle. How long does it take? people to learn to ride a bicycle. Sometimes it takes them longer than others because they're really tight or nervous or scared or. Wait, um, how old am I? 37? Yeah. Uh, any, about that time. Yeah. Any, any, um, any number of things, but we have people that are really super relaxed with their bodies. Um, gymnasts, stunt people are usually super they fast in really the air. Fast. People like me took me forever because I think I did everything you could possibly do wrong, I did it. Which is one of the reasons I think I'm a good instructor because I really know how frustrated people can get. And I know I have a lot of tools to help them get over it. So if we are wanting to be better at hang gliding or to learn that and to be relaxed with our bodies, should we be intoxicated then if we're struggling? <laughs> Uh, we don't recommend that. <laughs> um, before the picture, so a burning question I've had regarding hang gliders, and I've I've talked to a few, but I I don't think they could answer the question for me. And I'm just curious on your perspective, just because we got so many people that work with paragliders, is <clears throat> the flight characteristics and the safety of them. Because on a paraglider, they're designed to, if they collapse for whatever reason, they're made to reinflate, but it adds a certain passive safety compared to a fixed wing. Um, but we have our own dangers for what we do. Is there anything inherent with hang gliding that's a danger as you're flying? Like certain things that you can end up in that you might not be able to recover from, you know, things to that nature that might be different than, you know, uh, wings that are just fabric and can collapse. Yeah, it is different from paragliding because 
the wings don't collapse, which actually is, seems to be a misconception. Like I've talked to paraglider pilots who think that hang gliders can collapse and that's not really a thing. Um, I mean, if you're in really strong turbulence and I think um, often like Owens Valley is cited as this kind of thing, the wing can get flipped over, tumbled, um, things like that. Or if you put it together wrong, I've seen cases of people who've not pre-flighted the glider properly, didn't quite put it together and then the wing fell up, like <laughs> folded up in the air, that was bad. Um, but as long as you're doing a proper pre-flight, you've maintained the glider well, you know, uh, replaced wires um, that are old or getting frayed or anything like that, and flying in appropriate conditions, so nothing like crazy turbulence, the glider's not going to break. It's, but like I said, if you're in really bad turbulence, then yeah, you can tumble, you can do things like that. And do you guys have any uh, plan B options if something goes wrong? Like, is there like some sort of reserve chute like we use? Yeah, parachute. Okay. But most Tangler pilots, unlike, I know paraglider pilots like throw their reserves pretty frequently. Most Tangler pilots will never throw their parachute in their entire hangline career. I throw mine like once a week just out of order. <laughs> well, it's good to keep it keep it fresh packed that way. You yeah. Know? I have yeah. to have mine. I have to throw mine in, in the simulator once every six months just so they can repack it because we have our we have our chutes repacked every six months and our gliders are actually inspected every, every at least at least annually. Okay. Did awesome. that answer the question? Or you that that was absolutely perfect. I've never been able to get that, and that's really really helpful. <laughs> Good. So Shane Planet Shane's asking all up cost of a typical mid range glider setup. Hmm. Mid range is a little more expensive. Maybe brand new six to seven thousand just for the glider, uh, but you can get them used maybe three thousand. And then the beginner ones are cheaper too, right? So if you're just getting into hang gliding, you can get a used glider for as little as a thousand. Um, to fifteen hundred, yeah, for the glider. For the glider. And then the harness is five hundred. Yeah, three to five for used, and um, helmet couple hundred and parachute 300 so, so do you want to buy a new wing um or you don't you need to up? no i've never had a new neither of us have ever had a new hang glider i'm still flying my same hang glider that i started my solo on uh 15 years ago and it wasn't even new then so they last for a long time oh you're flying the same one same one. Well, she she has has a couple that she flies, but the I fly other ones too. The one seventy that has the falcon, the dragon on it, um, she flies a lot just because it, they're just fun, easy gliders to fly. But they don't wear in the same way as like paragliders or other wings. Like they'll last for a really long time. Nice. Yeah. Duck Spit wants to know how long does it set up take to set up for a launch? Ten to fifteen minutes. That's it. That's it. Sometimes it takes us longer because we get distracted and start to talk and yeah, because hang glider pilots like to talk to each other a lot. And we do. But if we get up and we're focused on setting up, it's it's ten to fifteen minutes and we can be in the and we can be in the air. So some sometimes if we go up late in the day, um, and we're worried about the conditions going catabatic and starting to blow down, we will absolutely set up as fast as we can and get off that mountain so that we don't have to um, drive back down that crazy road. Are you limited to a certain time of day to fly, like mornings or evenings, or do you, can you fly any time of the day? It has to be daylight hours. Uh, we, we cannot fly after dark, and it really just depends on the wind conditions. For us here, typically in the summer times, flying starts around 11, um, and we'll go until sunset. 
Often we can fly and then we get a really nice condition called glass off if the winds are right and it gets very smooth and very buoyant um, late in the day and we'll fly. Um, but otherwise it's really, it's just daylight hours and if the winds are right. So do you look for thermals? You, you, you look hunt for thermals? Uh, yeah, if you're flying okay. Okay. normal conditions, or we'll do uh, like ridge lift also. Okay. And our and our site actually provides both ridge lift, uh, Kegel Mountain, and we'll, we, we can do a ridge swing, or we can do thermals if the thermals are popping. Okay. All right. Here's some of uh, Erica's Instagram videos here. <laughs> Jeff Coyne was first to find if he saw that. <laughs> That's crazy. I didn't know you guys could do that kind of accuracy. <laughs> yeah. Um that's a lot of the fun stuff we like to do at the beach, just kind of playing around. Um so much fun. That's my favorite type of flying is the low altitude dune soaring. And so many people don't know that hang gliders can do this. And that's kind of why I started my Instagram account to kind of show all the things that are possible um, in a hang glider. And I like the slow flying and the close to the ground and like landing on things, playing around. And that's that's all it is. I had no uh, idea. That's crazy. This one's kind of cool. Yeah, we can oh. do a lot of fun things. Yeah. And yeah, so it's just on the beach on this humongous glider, flies super slow, um, fly backwards in enough wind. Just what would, you, around. what would you say the wind speed is on those days when you're on the pole? On the on the post, that was probably that was a great day. That was, that was one of the best days day. we've had in a long time. Um, probably twenty. Okay. Uh, yeah, eighteen to twenty. Yeah, yeah. So, but th what she's doing, and when we're flying like this, this is something that anybody can learn to do. But it is pretty technical flying. It's not people stop and watch us on the bike path. And are just like, can I do that today? And it's like, no, not today. <laughs> so it, it 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 takes some it takes super uh, super awareness, really where you are with the glider and handling the glider and learning to really feel what the glider is doing. It's, and I tell people it's kind of like being on a mountain bike. When you're riding down a mountain trail, you have it's, your hands are loose, so the bike can move around your hands, but you can tell what's going on by feeling what's handling happening in the handlebars. So it's the same with this when your hands are on the on the bars on the tubes you can really feel what the glider is trying to do i thought that dog it. was gonna hang on <laughs> right there <laughs> so this is called monkey barring where she's not even flying in a with a harness on dang it's just like all this fun stuff like people think hang gliding is fast and scary and it can be. I mean, if that's the way you want to do it, but this is the way that we like to fly. Um, super With fun. With style. Fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just floating around. It's the best. This is a point of the mountain in Utah. I am trying to go there next May. Nice. We usually go there in May, actually. It's a fabulous, fun, fun, fun place to fly. Like, I want to learn free flight there. Yeah, go in October. So we always went in May and um, it's like turbulent. And then we went in October because that's just how our schedule worked out this year. It was so nice. It was amazing. 
I, I keep hearing that, but I'm also really impatient. Well, go well then go in May and then go in October. <laughs> Just going to get bumped around. <laughs> we try to do. Our, our, our goal really is to fly whenever we can. So here's, this gives you an idea of how easy it is to fly the glider. She's running backwards. Wow. So my point about being loose and intoxicated was correct. <laughs> Just for you, Steve. <laughs> okay. I think I got this. You can, we also, beer. you can also launch, fly, and land the glider without ever touching the bars. You're just using your weight control. Well, you have to touch really? something. So tell us about the controls. Like, oh, what do you do to flare? You just push up. That's okay. it? Mm -hmm. oh. And the rest is like weight shift. Yeah, so you just have your hands on the bar. You'll see, right? well, actually, there's too much wind there, but um yeah you can pull your body forward and back and left and right to turn the glider and then to slow down and flare you just um yeah just push up on the bar like that doesn't take much to push either like that you'll yeah that's kind of it that was a pretty day too super fun day how often do you guys uh get out to go fly Whenever we can. The winds this week absolutely are horrible. And it's supposed to rain. And we missed a great flying day because we had to be in out of town for the holiday. And so we were like, we don't have a lot of patience when we have to change our schedules and we can't fly, especially if we find out it was a good day. But Steve, she's even flying in a dress. No, oh, there you go. Steve flies in a dress. <laughs> yeah, but I'm in a seated position, so it blows up on my face. <laughs> yeah, those dresses will do that to you. It had shorts under. So you can see how she's holding the glider here. She's just kiting it there. Yeah. And the glider just is lifting off the ground. So we can carry it up the hill that way, too, if it's windy enough. Oh. It's really just, just getting really comfortable and just getting to know your craft. That's all. Probably the same with what you guys are doing. This is Marina Beach, which is one of my favorite sites. Um, I guess the paragliding part is Sand City, um, but super fun soaring site. Here's the actual flying in the dress. <laughs> so I'm looking for the bright, was it orange or bright red glider that our past guest Takeo's wife <laughs> flies. I don't see her in the background. Yeah, we... Um, Do you fly with them very often? Uh, sometimes, but they're in Northern California, so it's a bit of a drive. Um, okay. We did a couple trips up there recently, and we did fly with them. It was super fun. Um, but we have to actually, you know, go up there. They come down here or whatever. Mm-hmm. Wow. So this is our, this is Kegel. This is our Kegel landing site. So you're coming in, when you're coming in to land, you're coming in at about, um, well, depending on the wind speed really, but typically your airspeed's about 30 as you're coming down. Because I don't know how it is with paragliders, but 
with hang gliders, speed is really your friend and that's where you have the control. And so you want to maintain positive bar pressure so you can um, make adjustments if necessary. And you can see how she flares right there with just a little tiny movement. It's, Steve, it's a very little, uh, small amount that you have to push out. People think they have to do these really hard flares. Well, you do and, if and, there's and, still and you, wind. You, right, but it's, it's all based on wind conditions. So say you had to land in nil wind, like would you have to do some running or are you able to like stall your wing at the last minute to kind of plop? What does that look like? Depends on the exact conditions. If it's just no wind, you might be able to do just a hard flare, no step landing. If it's like no wind, high altitude or a slight tailwind, you will have to do the hard flare and run a little bit. Okay. But you can so actually start running before you, you get to the get to the ground so that your feet just kind of start touching the ground and that will help slow slow you down as well a little bit as you're as you're coming in so you don't have a hard jarring landing this so are is like you the able first time do... i feel like ever been interested in doing this <laughs> well good we're, we're, it's, we're succeeding then we're being successful yeah you guys are awesome based on like the slow the slow flights you mean no, I just, I, you guys are just explaining uh, this in a way I never knew. Well, people come up on the bike path all the time and I always approach them and ask if they have any questions and we talk about kind of what's involved. And, and one of the things that's wonderful about the whole, com whole community is the camaraderie and everybody really works and watches out for each other. Um, we really, we help each other launch. We help make sure that people are hooked in correctly and we all just really try to take care of each other. And then all we talk about is hang gliding. So um, there's really, <laughs> there's no anger or anything. We're always just in awe of what our friends are doing and what we've been able to do that day. And we can pretty much talk about it nonstop. Um, John right, Wayne so wants to know how they handle in thermal conditions. Well, we thermal, so I don't know what do you, what do you mean by thermal conditions, like Maybe turbulent conditions. Turbulent, probably. Um, you can get bumped around a fair bit, but um, you kind of fly in the level of turbulence that's comfortable for you. And um, kind of more advanced pilots or comp pilots will fly in a lot of turbulence. Um, but like I said, the glider's not going to collapse, so that's not the concern. It's just maintaining control of it and everything. And um, and it's, it's like anything, it's, it, it, you can go up and that if it's really turbulent, you can get bounced around enough that you go weightless. Um, I don't personally like flying in those conditions. And so I avoid them. Um, one of the part of the training that we go through with wind sports is really doing side evaluations and weather evaluations. So if I see big thunder clouds forming up behind me, I may not launch. Um, or I may launch knowing I have time to get out of the air before those are, they're going to get there. But I'm really we're all really, really try to be aware of what really the wind conditions and the, and the air conditions are, are like, because one of our sayings is, you know, you can always be on the ground and looking up at the air, wishing you were up there, but it's much better that than looking down and wishing you were on the ground because you don't know if you're going to get down. Hmm. Are you able to turn quickly enough to stay within like a core of a thermal? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not as tight a turn radius as paragliders, but definitely, and it depends on the thermal too, right? Like there's some that are way too tight or way too small, but um, yeah. Okay. Definitely. So Karen's asking, have you ever had any sketchy situations? 
sketchy something that scared you or yeah coming on a zoom call with a guy named hot buttered steve that was pretty sketchy <laughs> this is the scariest evening of my entire hang <laughs> <laughs> um you know steve she's done a uh, um an interview with your buddy judson too oh nice <laughs> we got him in a hang ladder even oh you did yeah Oh yes, you did. I did see that. Yeah. Just just ground handling. Yep. Yeah. I was waiting for him to take off though. Well, he, he you know, he's gonna come and take a lesson with us, theoretically. Good. Um Good. he said he would, and I'm putting it out here, so now you know he has to. Um, All right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll 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 take care of him. For <laughs> sketchy situations, because I don't want to just ignore that question. Um I mean we've we've had some injuries. I mean, my mom maybe can talk about that. Yeah, we've We've both had, had injuries, I and mean, I think what you try to learn, and I don't know if it happens the same with you guys in sports, but in hang gliders, we have a, a syndrome called hang two syndrome, where you think you're better than you are. Intermediate syndrome. Uh, intermediate syndrome, and I fell into that very neatly um, and broke my arm, and it was all my own fault, and I don't blame the glider a bit. Um, it was mistake kind of compounded upon mistakes of decisions that I made because I thought I knew more than I did. It was my 70th high flight. So it wasn't a beginning flight. It wasn't a, you know, it wasn't like it was my number six flight or something. I'd been flying to my 70th flight. And uh, I just panicked a little bit and tried to get down faster than I could. And when I came across the ground, um, I was literally two feet off the ground and I was gonna do a hard flare um, and dropped down into the to the shrubs because I wanted to not hit the trees. And um, when I loosened up on the gliders, I did not realize because I was hanging on so tight and I was swearing probably at a very high volume as I was going across the ground. Can you specify um, and demonstrate what was said? Uh, you probably don't want me to, but I was just holding on really tight and swearing with the, it's just basically the F word the entire time across. Um, and when I lightened up on the bar, I did not realize I was already a really almost installed because I was holding on so tight, which is why we try to get people to relax. And so when I lightened up on the bar, the, the glider dove and I swung through and broke my arm. And the worst part of it was it was the first day of a, a three day weekend, flying weekend that I organized with all of my friends. And we had about 40 pilots up there. Um, and I, that was on Friday before everybody got there. And so we, I had to then tell my, my main instructor, Joe, what happened at two in the morning because he'd been in a car accident and was trying to get there. It was a long, crazy story, oh but gosh. <laughs> one of those, his, you know, the silence from his end of just what happened. And I had to tell him and I'm lying home in bed with a broken arm. Very, very, very unhappy. But yeah. that was, you know, you make mistakes. Um, and that can happen. And I think um, something that, you know, people don't realize about Hangland A2 is like, it is, it can be fast, it can look scary. Um, but I think, you know, one of the most common injuries is a broken arm. But with other sports, like, like paragliding, you'll see a lot of broken backs, broken necks. And I think that's more common. Um, so, you know, both sports are risky. All, and, yeah, yeah. all risky. Yeah, we're all switching. <laughs> I'd rather take a broken <laughs> arm than a back. Yeah, well, it's just one of those things, you know, and um, didn't keep me from going back. That was uh, eight years ago, eight or nine years um, ago. Was, 
some people talk about fear injuries when you were trying to get when you went back to go do it after a broken arm like did that bother you in your head at all or were you able to like just be like and eh, that was on me i'm going back into this when i broke my arm i had no fear going back okay um about 40 flights later i was coming into land and i had, was having on perfect on approach i had took three steps i twisted my leg in a hole and tore my acl um ruptured, ruptured my left acl and that really put fear into me because there was like i was like that was barely even a hang landing injury like. uh, yeah, uh, Come on. <laughs> that was just, just not even fair. Running with the glider. I was, point. you know, I was on the ground. I had third, the third step. And so that took that. I had fear coming back because I just was like, I got to land this sucker. So I landed on my wheels for probably a year. I fly with wheels. So I landed on my wheels for probably a year after that until I finally got the courage up again to start to run out my landings. Well. So Tony wants to know, um, do you go to any fly-ins? Do they have them? Yeah, they definitely have them. We don't go to that many. Um, but Sometimes they, we create our own. Yeah, sometimes we host them. And um, our local club actually has one, has two per year that we'll usually go to, okay. uh, Silmar Hangline Association. Um, but I've been to one in Utah, and we go to them occasionally. And John Wayne says... Guy at Moontown has a motorized hang glider. Yeah, they're they're like motorized harnesses and, and motorized hang gliders, things you can do to if you want a motor on there. Is that anything you're ever interested in? Um not super interested. I had the opportunity to fly a trike for the first time a couple weeks ago and that was pretty fun. But um I don't know, I kinda like the non-motorized personally. Also, I just have this memory of one of my instructors flying one of those motorized harnesses and the motor, and I, um, I'd land in, in the middle of nowhere because I was a brand new pilot. I had like less than 10 solo flights and we were on a trip to Mexico and I didn't really know what I was doing yet. So I'm like digging my glider out of a bush and I'm watching my instructor fly overhead in this motorized harness and then his motor died and he came and landed like right in the bush next to me. So <laughs> that's kind of what I think of when I think of motorized harnesses. And then Tony's got another question, but I think you guys answered it. What are the wheels for? The wheels are for actually a safety feature because if you come down hard and your wheels will roll, then the, the risk of injury is much reduced because the glider moves forward. If you don't have wheels, the, the bar just, the, the base tube just digs into the ground and you come to an, a very, very abrupt stop. And that's how you break your arm. And that's how you can break your arm. Okay. But you can also come in and just land on your wheels too, like you were oh, talking yeah. about earlier. Mm -hmm. Totally. You just stay prone. So you, you just stay flying prone instead of normally what happens is we go upright. So we're flying in an upright position. So our landing, our legs are below us. So you can see like when Erica was flying at the beach, you could see her legs almost always were straight down so that she could land. On the wheels, you just keep your body prone and we fly in harnesses that hold our legs up so that we can stay prone. And then we just come into the ground and we just fly in and just land right on the wheels and just roll to a stop. Okay. But they don't work in all situations, right? right. So if you're landing in a bushy area you or- You don't want to do that. Or if the cops yeah. put out like a spike strip, you can't do it because they'll just pop your tires. You just drop it down and then yeah. you land on that, yeah, yeah. Angela wants to know what type of apps do you use for your wins? I use Windy. Um, US Air, 
is yeah. one that, that is used a lot around here. Okay. And then Travis wants to know, is there an age limit? Not really. We have people flying into their 80s. Um, I think we say as long as you can run and you have like the mental um, sharpness to, you know, learn something new like this and be able to react quickly, then um, that's really all you need. Okay. The lower age, we, we we don't tend to let people start to fly until they're 14 because they because you have to be a certain, we really want maturity. You need a certain maturity, but we also want you to be at least 100 pounds. Okay. Right, Is there I'm a, not mature enough to fly hang gliders. Definitely. We're wondering about you, Steve, but you know. <laughs> You're catching on. <laughs> Um, is there a max, is there a maximum weight limit? We 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 cut, our cutoff is 225 pounds, and the reason for that is because the gliders, while the gliders will hold the weight, we require people to do tandem flights as part of their instruction, and okay. our instructors have to be able to get them off the ground if the person drops into the harness and doesn't move. So if they stop running, if they do one step and stop running. Once you start your run down the, 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 the launch on a hang glider, you are launching one way or the other. And 225 is about the maximum that the guys um, that we have as our instructors for tandems can haul somebody off the hill and not, not, and not die. Yeah, and I'm sure everybody's seen this video that Tony's talking about, the hang glider that either forgot to strap himself in or just kept hanging on and <laughs> what, yeah, what a, do you think that was about there's a few cases like that and that's like one of the most dangerous things is forgetting to do that so everyone kind of has their own way um the way our school teaches it is just doing many checks um i think the most egregious one was the tan i don't know if he's talking about the tandem one or the one that happened in california but um the tandem one was really bad because the instructor should have been responsible for doing that for the passenger and that was a huge oversight um there was one that happened kind of a few years ago i think in california where the guy thought he was hooked in um but he was actually hooked into like the velcro or something <laughs> that went around the the hang loop so like he felt the pressure on the harness but it wasn't actually so basically the point is just doing that check every single time and the way we do it is anytime um we are standing on launch and haven't launched for more than 30 seconds we put the glider down and we turn around and we visually and physically check that we're hooked in good idea uh, justin wants to know if you um fly anything else other than hang gliders not really. I'd love to start flying helicopters at some point. I love helicopters, but um, no. I figure if I could just fly my hang glider two or three times a week, I'd be a happy girl. Yeah. Um, so in the hang gliding world, uh, this is a multi-part question. Is there acrobatics? If so, uh, what are sort of the most common maneuvers done and do you do them yourself? Yeah, there are aerobatics. And that was actually a great point uh, that went up on the screen a little while ago that those are kind of the most common ways hang gliders can break in the air. It's like if the hang glider is going to break, it's like far more likely to be from doing an aerobatic maneuver than um, turbulence or whatever else we were talking about. Um, but you have to be, you know, doing those maneuvers. We don't do them. Um, I think like the low level way to get into it is wingovers. Uh, we could do that if we wanted to, but I think both, both of us just aren't super interested. We like the low, slow flying. 
Um, but wingovers and then loops are, you know, kind of the, the bigger one. But it is fun to to be at the top if you're really high and you need to get down fast and you just kind of you just kind of just spiral down and that's a real kick in the pants, but it's 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 not real risky. What's on your fun. bucket list? I'm sorry. Bucket list like where oh. to fly? Where or what what's in your next what, on what, your what, list? Yeah. Ooh. My friend and I are um, going to be doing an Australia trip. We're super excited for that, um, like soaring all the beach sites, because that's kind of our thing. Um, I think like one of the big bucket lists that I've done already was flying Yosemite, which I did a few years ago. And um, that was gorgeous. But uh, what about you? Well, I'm hoping next summer to be able to actually fly Wisconsin. Um, Yay! With Wisconsin. I don't know what the name of their school is in Wisconsin, but they, they run Sonora Wings in Arizona. I should know. And um, I, they have a school in Wisconsin in the summertime. So we have to, we're probably going to drive across country, and I thought I'd take my hang glider and well, fly we'll Wisconsin. Have to figure out what town you're going to be in. I, I'd have to look up and see where they're at. I can't, I, it's, I can't remember the name of it. When Wisconsin hang gliding, I, if I Googled it, I find it. But Sure. So, yeah. But other than that, um, boy, there's some sites I want to go back to. There's a site in Utah called Crawford's that is this 1,500-foot ridge that you step off of at 7,300, you ride up like an elevator. I rode up to 9,300. Uh, Erica went up to 11,000, over 11,000. And you just like are just, you are just flying. It is the coolest. It's really, there's smooth air. It was it was just fabulous. You could stay up for as long as you, you wanted. Stay up forever. Yeah, it was super fun. That was nice. And we have people like what you saw her sewing at the beach. The record at the beach is four hours on that little thirty-foot hills. Hers, I think. What's your record? Forty-five minutes. Like an hour. Hour. Um, I have about six minutes at the beach, but I'm really proud of that too because it's really technical. <laughs> oh, she's my inspiration. I want to be a pilot like her. Silicon Valley Sky says Wisconsin hang gliding. They're based in Whitewater, Wisconsin. Yep, I got the map up here now. There was a up higher in the in the um, chat. Uh, Justin had said asked if you'd ever heard of Hayden. I think it was Hayden and say that again, um, Justin. What was it, Hayden in Pennsylvania? Hyder. I think I saw it. It was Heiner in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I have. I've, I don't know if I've been there, but um, I lived in D.C. for about a year, and I did some hang gliding over there. Um, and I actually didn't do any. Yeah, Heiner. I didn't actually do any foot launches. I just did towing, but I did. Um, I'm familiar with the sites over there. Yeah. How was it? I, I didn't. I don't. I don't remember if I actually went there, but I've heard of it. Oh, you didn't go there. Okay. <laughs> so, Cindy, uh, um, you'll be out just outside of Milwaukee area, south part okay. of the state. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if this one got answered. Um, Angela's asking, have you ha ever had any malfunctions? Um, I actually launched once without one of my leg loops on, and I felt like a complete idiot. Did you feel like you were exactly. out? Um, No, because my other one was on, and I actually fly, it was called a knee hanger harness, so I have uh, straps around my legs as well, which were on. Okay. But I did not play in the air at all. I went directly and landed, and I was quite 
annoyed with myself for not paying enough attention. But that's so from a malfunction in that respect, yes. But otherwise, no, I I tried it very hard to keep really good care of our equipment. And, um, you know, we check everything when we pre-flight and we ask questions if something looks funny. How many years have you been flying together again? Fifteen. Fifteen. Wow. <laughs> Wait, since you were 15 or 15 years? Fifteen years. Since I was 16. Since she was 16. Wow. Wow. And so... Has there ever been a weird dynamic between you two, like flying with like a parent and, you know, one of your kids, like where do you end up being one another and end up fighting a little bit or if she like, tells what me are you not doing? To fly, you can't be wilding out like that. And, you know, if, if she tells me not to fly, I don't fly. I, I just think it's really cool that a mother, I mean, I know how I get along with my daughter. So I'm looking at you two and I'm saying, thumbs up. You guys are doing great. And I can say we have, say, we have I, a lot of respect for each other's each other of what we we both know. Um, I completely respect her knowledge of the air, and if she suggests something or works with me on something, I listen to her. Um, she's a better pilot than I am. I don't. I'm not ashamed to admit that. I don't have any ego around that. It's just I love flying with her. I love. We came in from Big Sur on one trip. And she happened to be able to get some air. And so she stayed up when I launched and I was able to fly and meet with her. And we came in together and we both fly um, hand-painted gliders that have dragons on them. And so we had the two dragons coming in over Big Sur. And it was just, there's nothing like looking at over my wing and having my daughter on my, on my wing. It's wonderful. That's awesome. And I just want to say to my parents that are watching, see, mom, we can do this together. <laughs> yeah. Is it I, possible, I, is it possible to it. actually do like a tip touch on wings? I would not. I would not like no, no. no. okay. Just curious. That. It sounds like a stupid idea, but just curious. I, you'll people like come down like above the glider sometimes. If you're a topless gliders, especially, people can do things like that, but I wouldn't do that. Okay, what's a topless glider? Yeah, I thought well, let me show you. it was. I thought duck <laughs> was Come on, Steve. So, um, only if you jump out of a tree. <laughs> basically, all the gliders we were flying, um, you would see they kind of had this like thing sticking out of the top that's called a king post, and that has wires that lead to the parts of the. Yeah, that's RJ, um, my fiance, giving us some information about that. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, thank you, RJ. Um, so they have the king post on top and that gives the um, glider like stability and, and it's, it's a safety feature. So when you get up to the highest performance gliders, they take that off. Um, and that's oh. called a topless glider. So it's oh, smooth okay. on top. So if you wanted to- It's faster, it's more aerodynamic, it's- Right. Ah, okay. So if you wanted to come down onto the top of it and like, you know, touch your foot on, I mean, I wouldn't, but you, people yeah. do. I'm sure. I would kill if anybody would kill them. <laughs> Actually, one of our instructors, um, one of the ways he would like troll people is flying down close over them and like kicking their king post. So, you know, well, that's like me. I don't want anybody to kiss my wing. Stay away. <laughs> no, Eric. Eric flew near me last week. He was coming up behind me and coming at an angle, and I'm like yelling at him, "Don't touch my tip." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I've never turned away a tip touch. I'll tell you that right now, mister. 
Oh, so you know what, what is Silicon Valley saying here? It's called docking. Ah, docking. When you land on another glider from above. Oh, exactly. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Oh, that's like uh, skydivers when oh. they stack up on top of each other. Yeah. Ah. And Tony always asks if everybody's single or not, oh. just asking for a friend. <laughs> Yeah, she has a fiance and I have a husband, so sorry. <laughs> yeah, so one of the things that she and I are really also working on is just trying to help promote the sport. Um, it's the, just the coolest sport in the whole world, as far as I'm concerned. And um, Wait, free flight. We're going to argue that with you. I'm sorry? We're going to argue that with you. <laughs> well, I, I, I will tell you that that when we, we step into the air, we have the wind and, and gravity, and that's all we have. Um, and our skills. So it's, it to me is absolutely the purest form of being in the air. Um, often red tails or, or uh, eagles or condors, even the big sur will fly with us. Uh, they just, they're, it's, it's quiet. It, I mean, there's a wind noise, of course, but there's, it's otherwise, it's just us, um, us and gravity, because gravity is our engine. And I can't speak for, power paralyzing. Um, I, I just don't know much about power paralyzing, but I know compared to just paralyzing in general, people say everything is better with paragliders compared to hang gliding, except for the actual flying. So, you know, they're easy to bundle up in the car, they're, they're slow to land, all this stuff, but the actual feeling of flying prone under a hang glider where you're connected to the wing in like a very unique way is, um, it, it's just a very different feeling. There's a lot, people come up and say, but it's so scary. I'm, I, I'm afraid of heights and we'll put them in the hang glider. And because you're way you're hooked in and supported when you step off of launch, you're simply stepping into the air. There is no falling. There's no sense of out of being out of control because you're, you're as you start your run, the glider starts lifting you up and you just, you just step away. I love stepping into the air. I love it. It's the most magical feeling I, I've ever had. I, I believe the one that Silicone is saying, um, flying like Superman, definitely. Yeah, I'm Billy. Well, yeah, and you and you 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 are, but but you don't don't even really see your wing because you're not looking up ever. You're only you know you can look to the side, of course, and see your wing. And especially if you're if you're trying to thermal something, you'll if you're trying to thermal, you'll watch your wing to try to keep a very coordinated turn, and so you'll be watching your wing to, as you're going around, but. You're, it, it, it's not, the wing is just becomes a part of you. I, I don't have any idea what it's like with paragliding, but with hang gliding, the wing just becomes a part of your body. So I got a question. What is, and, and I don't know if it was answered, um, the highest you've flown? Do you know um, that? I think for me, 13,000 feet. I'm 9,300. Wow. We can go up to, you know, 17999. Yep, like us. Yeah. Oh, that was another. Do you have to have a license? Or is it just a, after, what kind of rules do you have to follow? So per the FAA, no, you don't need a license. Um, however, to fly at a bunch of different sites that are, you know, um, following landowner or club rules or whatever, you do need, often need um a rating from the U.S. Hang Gliding and Paragliding Association. 
So it just kind of depends where you're flying and if you're following the rules. We, we uh, certainly encourage people to take real lessons because um, we often have people show up at the beach wanting to learn to fly and they've already bought a glider and it's completely inappropriate for learning perhaps and it was expensive and then they want to fly their glider and um, it becomes hard to tell people that really they can't because they'll kill themselves. Yeah, and, and since hang gliders last so long, like there's tons of super old hang gliders from the 70s or 80s on eBay. They're also very dangerous whatever, And like, don't fly those, you guys. Just buy a more modern hang glider. They're still not super expensive. They'll still last a long time. And don't teach yourself to hang glide, please. I think um, people have this opinion, this perception that hang gliding is super dangerous. And I think a lot of that comes from the 70s when hang gliding was the biggest it's ever been the most popular and you had all these people teach you know learning on their own um i mean that's just kind of how how it was but you also had a really high fatality rate and i think that kind of gave the idea that persists persists to today that hang is super dangerous and it's not like that anymore and don't make it like that by trying to teach yourself please yeah. or by buying one of the old hang gliders yeah, and don't or, and don't buy a, a bamboo hang glider. And, and don't build your own hang glider. Oh my god, the people who <laughs> messaged me on Instagram who were like, "Tell me how to build a hang glider." I'm like, "No, I mean, I don't even know how to build a hang glider." Mm-hmm. How about this? Is Facebook Marketplace a good place to buy a hang glider? If you can get it inspected uh, by an actual instructor, I think that's fine. And what is considered mm-hmm. modern? You know, people will still fly wings from the late 80s i would say um and it, it really just depends on the wing but anything after you know 1995 probably <laughs> i don't know how old is your dream and that's what i mean yeah. it's like yeah from so, the late so, 80s. so there are gliders from the late 80s that are still perfectly acceptable for flying often they're heavier um because of the way that they were built and, and because the dream was really heavy. Often they're harder to fly. And often they're harder to fly because they've just made changes in the in the technology. But um, just like the, any the biggest thing is to work with somebody who really knows what they're doing. Um, Wind Sports, for example, Andy, who owns owns one of the owners of the school now, has been flying for 40 years. Um, he's been around for a long, long time. And his mentor, Joe Greblo, um, ha- has been flying since the late 70s. Um, and he's absolutely a guru in the sport, as far as I'm concerned. He's just uh, somebody that if I had any questions, I would would um, go to Joe or Andy because they've been doing this forever. So if you know anybody, Duckspit is, oops, sorry, I keep losing it here. A tandem hand glider. Out, out that way, you know, pass the word. Pass the word on if you can. Yeah, we will. Sure. Absolutely. He's in the Carolinas, so. Oh, you should find somebody down that area. <laughs> yeah, they are annoying to transport. I think, I mean, that's kind of the biggest. And that's the biggest challenge. I mean, my husband has built us both custom, even though he's risk averse, he's still severely supportive of us both flying. Um, and he built us both hang glider racks for our vehicles um, out of EMT and aluminum. And uh, we can haul our gliders now. But otherwise, my my glider packs down to a tidy 19 foot, 6 inches long and about 20 inches in diameter. So 
Um, Has he ever done a tandem? No, no. We got him. We got him at the beach. We got him into a glider at the beach with Erica teaching him and me running at the side wires to help. And I think we got him two flights and he basically curled up in a ball <laughs> and um, quivered for a couple of hours. And <laughs> we brought him home and poured whiskey in there. And that was so like that's. That's Erica's 170 on wow. um, her her little car, and you can see that the you need support every four to five, three to four feet, really. And so Steve built that rack that goes out the front, and um, we can haul our gliders that way. It's just that it, we would love to see some innovations in the space of getting some hang gliders that actually. So there are hang gliders that short pack. Um, down to, I don't know, it's like six feet or something, and then they'll fit in the car, but they're just kind of annoying to do that. So, um, yeah, we'd love to see innovations in that area. I think that would really help the sport. Because that's the one thing about paragliders, man, you just throw it in the back chunk of your car, throw it in the overhead compartment, we're super jealous super of jealous. that. <laughs> that's the main thing. At least no, I know if I ever see something like that going down the road now, I know it's one of you guys. <laughs> we, were, we were driving up to Utah last week, and we pulled into a rest stop in this semi truck was parked next to us and the guy jumps out of his truck and he says where are you going oh you must be going to point and i said yeah he said what do you fly and i said a falcon he said that's what i have oh cool <laughs> so the people know when you see a hang glider you go up and talk to them because you're likely to know them or know somebody who knows them <laughs> yeah small pete's, param pete's paramotor he is over the the big ocean here in England. Oh, no, that's not Pete's. Oh, this is a different one. He's in Colorado. He says foldable ski poles, I'm telling you. <laughs> yep. There's, you know, I've talked to the manufacturers and the technologies there. It's just kind of, is the market big enough and like having the capacity to do it and all this stuff. So hard Speaking to say. Of the market, how many active flyers uh, of hang gliders do you think are in the U.S.? the US. It's hard to say because um, you like we said, you don't have to have a rating. I know per Yushpa's statistics, it was something like three to four thousand hang glider pilots. Okay, so you're probably as small as paragliders or even paramotorists. Oh, there's more paragliders. Oh. I mean Yushpa's membership is like sixty or seventy. I don't know. It's a way more paragliders. Yeah, but that's just registered pilots though. Yes. So. Right. Definitely. So but I'm sure there's more registered paragliders, I mean, unregistered paragliders, and there are unregistered paragliders. Yeah. Right. I remember when I was little looking out um, back window, and there was a, and I'm pretty sure um, there was a hang gliding group, and they were off of a little hill in our backyard, and I always wanted to go over and see them. I got to ask my parents to see if I was imagining that or <laughs> if it was real. But it was a small little hill, and it's like, I don't know if they were towing or what they were doing, but I'd always see them, like, out our back, and it was, I was always kind of intrigued by it also. So, well, You can fly off some pretty small hills just to start to get the feel for things. Um, okay. We often start people out just having them actually running with the glider, as it, cause, because once you take the third or fourth step, if you're running, the glider will lift up off your shoulders, and you can you can actually steer the glider while you're running. It's all weight shift, but you're learning how to how to control the glider. Because once the glider's flying, it doesn't know if it's in the air, in your feet or on the ground or not. It's glider's just flying. Okay. 
Um, I did want to ask if he's still in here, Silicon Valley, um, are you planning to go to EAA again this year? That's where I met them. And because uh, we live about two and a half hours northwest of there. They were at Oshkosh? Yes. And I didn't get to harass them? Do you see a guy in an inflatable outfit? <laughs> no? No. Oh. I kicked it. <laughs> so... What company do you work for? Windsports. Windsports, okay. So that's the school where we both learned and uh, we support. just, yeah, we just instruct part-time to help out. Okay. I'm, what, I'm usually there on Sundays. Um, I'm one of the meanest instructors because I make it, make sure everybody's like. Yeah, people say she's a mean instructor. And but I'm a good instructor. She's pretty mean. She's pretty mean. Well, I, I'm, I'm very demanding because um, I don't want people to get hurt and I want right. them to have the tools that they need. Um, and if they're frustrated, I want to help them get over that because like I said, I was every possible problem a student would be was me. And so people forget to breathe, for example, um, they get so tight intense that they stop breathing. And so they we get them down to the bottom of the hill and they're gasping for air because they don't, forgot to breathe. So we just have all these different things that we try to watch out for and help them with and give them all the tools that they need um, once they join the program. Because we do a lot of people that just come down and want to just kind of get a feeling for what it's like. And they'll do a beach lesson and, and they have a lot of fun and then we never see them again. And then some people come back and sign up for the whole program and we have a very prescribed program of skills that we want them to know. Um, and then we invite them on fun trips and we just had a group of brand new hang twos, um, which is our rating system, which is hang one, two, three, and four. And once you're hang two, you're soloing. Um, and we took them up to Cayucas, a little ridge soaring site in um, outside of San Luis Obispo on the coast. On the coast, and the flights tended to be about I don't know a minute and a half long, maybe two minutes long. Um, but they got a lot of just experience in a whole different environment, and we can we can do trips like that. And that's just the camaraderie. And then we just talk. And like I said, we just talk about hang gliding. Got it. Well, it sounds amazing. It so. You should come out and join us. Just come out and do a flight with us at the beach. We'd be happy to. Uh... I think I would do a tandem. Okay. I would definitely do that. So. So I'm just curious in the community of hang gliding. So in, in uh, at least paramotoring, I don't know if it applies to paragliding, but I assume it does. But generally, like the community comes together really well when you meet people in person and stuff. People are very helpful. There's a lot of camaraderie. But online, people like to take themselves way too seriously and talk a lot of crap. Does that exist in hang gliding too? Unfortunately, yes. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we, we really do try to help each other out. And I, I have not been to any of the comps, so I don't know what the like, real hotshot pilots are like it, it, when they're getting a group like that. The few that I've had the pleasure of meeting um, have been just terrific to work with, and they always seem to be very interested in making sure that that whatever you're doing is 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 correct and good and fun and knowledgeable. And so they, they're, they can be really helpful. So It'd be interesting to go to a comp and see what they're actually really like when they're, you know, being hot shots with each other. But I haven't yeah. had the experience. I've heard in the paragliding world, especially in Europe, the competitions are more like friendly get togethers where people kind of push themselves, but they're kind of doing it as a team, too, and doing it for the fun rather than 
you know, any sort of just individual self-centered glory. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, it would be fun. It'd be fun to go to go to a couple just to see what it's like. So, do you have any other words of wisdom or any other fun facts of your flying that you want to share with us? Come fly, just fly. So, where where can they find you if we're out in California? I think just Google wind sports. Okay. Um, we're the only hang gliding school in LA. Um, we'd be, you know, we'd love to turn them on to the sport. And of course, wind's willing. It's all, all up to the wind. We have about 330 flyable days a year here. Uh, either the beach or the mountain is usually flyable, but this is our hard season. And with climate change, it's making some seems like the, it's not quite as often. Maybe we're down to 315 days a year of flying because the Santa Anas are blowing a lot more than they used to, it seems like. Um, but yeah, come out and fly with us. And I would say if, if you're interested in trying it, um, do it. Absolutely do it. Well, hit these ladies up sometime. Mojo Majors. Maho would know. Yeah, Maho. <laughs> oh, Maho. Sorry. Yes, Maho, we know. Zach. Zach is one of those pilots who was really helpful with me and, and fabulous to work with. So tell him hello for me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yes, and Linda is saying, if you can please hit the like button, help us out. Yes, yes we'd appreciate it. I do want to say, you know, thank you for everyone for joining in. Hi, guys. Steve, who do you got in the background with you? We got Josh Perry. Hey, hey, hey. Hi, Josh. Hi, <laughs> Traveled the country with him. Where's Aaron? I do, I, oh, he's in a van. But <laughs> I, I stay in a, well, I stay in Josh's RV. I travel with him. Okay. So okay. I, I do disgusting things in his personal home. <laughs> okay. But I just want to say thank you to everybody in the chat for hanging out with us again tonight. And Hey, Jade, before hey, you wrap up, can I say one thing? Because I, I've never quite said this before, but these guests were freaking awesome. They were. Because as like, as like a paramotor guy, I go to my friends and I'm like, yeah, we're going to talk to some hang gliding people. And, you know, people have their attitudes. They're like, who cares? They fly hang gliders. But for me, I, as a paramotorist, you know, we, we fly in calm conditions. We go wherever the heck we want. So in my personal perspective, I think paragliding is next level where you really consider the air and chasing after lift thinking like a bird and that's been sort of my next thing and the way you guys have been an ambassador for hang gliding just the past hour talking about it you were almost talking the same language and the same terminology that i hear from paragliders with some differences in there in a way that i could really understand and you did it so clearly and so which is confidence and love for what you do that you guys really took me on that ride of, man, this is really something maybe I should check out someday. And so I, I really thank you guys for it because you, you guys really spark stuff in my head for it. So oh, I appreciate it. Definitely. And don't let age stop you either. I started when I was 50. So I was not... never born. I was found in a fortune cookie. Yep. <laughs> Jesus. Don't let it stop you. And we would love anyone um, who wants to come fly with us. Come fly with us. We'd love to have you. 
So who is this? Tom L. Erica is doing a lot to spread the joy of hang gliders to others. Her social media presence is fantastic. Hi, Please let us know where you're at, too. Yeah, what is your social media? Social media. Oh, um, me, I'm uh, erica.j.klein on Instagram, Erica J. Klein on TikTok, and then my um, YouTube is slash Erica Klein. <laughs> I'm going to make them all the same someday, you guys. I promise. <laughs> and I just ride along with her. <laughs> You're on Facebook, though. I know that. I'm on Facebook. <laughs> but That one's the easy one. Yeah. yeah I'm right. All right. Well, thank you very much. And we would love to have you guys back sometime, anytime you want to come join us, um, either in the chat or as a, you know, a panel member, you know, Absolutely. we're willing to take you on. Um, but yes, please keep in touch. And if there's any time that anybody's out in California, look these ladies up and see if you can go fly with them. Are you okay. willing to stick around for a little bit? For sure. an after show, if anybody wants to ask you some questions, you bet. Steve, stop yourself. All right. So Thank I've you. got one more guest that um, I would like to bring in um, before we hang this up. Um, this is going to be um, Steve Clark's son, Brandon. So I'd like um, to you all to welcome or introduce you to Brandon. Hello there, sir. Hello, everybody. <laughs> How the heck are you? Hi, Brandon. Uh, I'm okay. You know, I'm trying to Good. be positive through everything. And uh, You're wearing yeah. dad's hat. Yes, I am wearing my dad's hat. Aww. And I will personally say your dad had like one of the best first names of anybody on this planet. Oh, funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I got my dad's hat and I got my dad's wedding ring on. Yeah. Aw. Yeah, I can't tell if my dad is very excited that I'm on the show right now or if he's very jealous because I made it on before him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, my dad was the biggest fan of this show. I mean, the last year of his life, all he did was talk about this show. It was a crazy obsession with him. Um, I would be in my bedroom here doing online acting classes, and I could I could hear the show start out there, and I could hear my dad frantically looking around for his cell phone, and I'd be in the middle of a scene, and I could see his phone right here on my desk, and I could hear him just power walking down the hall, banging on the door to get at his phone just to leave a comment on the show. Oh, and he always did. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's uh, yeah. He loved it so much. Even when he was sick, had no energy to even stay awake, he still made attempt to watch this show. Well, good. Yeah. Um. So, when are you gonna take lessons? Because he was always so very jealous of you because he wanted the three of you boys to try the things that he was doing and or at least wanted you guys out there. And he gets so mad because Brandon could do it on the first time. <laughs> um, hopefully soon. You know, if we get good weather, I'd like to go out and do it. When my, I was with my dad. I was originally going to do it. Uh, when my dad got the, the wing last year, 
Uh, I was out there by the airport with them, helping them kite it and everything. And of course, I was like the test dummy for everything, you know. Right. My dad didn't know what the heck he was doing. Yeah, I just hooked this up to you at 20 mile per hour when I'm blowing across the field. He's laughing his butt off. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was like, wow, this is this is really scary. I don't I don't know, Dad. I might just let you do it. But yeah, my dad, because he uh, found this two and a half years ago, and it was just a crazy obsession. All he did was watch paragliding videos. A few weeks ago, our internet went off for three days and he ran to Culver's at like six o'clock and he stayed till they closed up watching paragliding videos on his phones. When you're in the car, he's just like a, a little <laughs> teenager on his phone, just watching paragliding video. And then he just bought the trike. You know, I got to go up one time. It's just like, I cannot let it end there. It's like, I have to continue this for my dad. So I'm going to try to put a video together when I can and put it together. Um, pictures and videos that Eric and I have of him and you guys. And I was happy that I turned around and Eric got him into the sky and all of a sudden I was flying with him. So that was pretty cool. So Yes, and like Bill H. says, he was one of us. He may not have felt that way because he, you know, didn't have many flights under him. But you know what? We are so happy that he got at least that one flight in. Mm -hmm. So He was just one of those guys that we all should have people like him in our life because he's so gracious. It's not even like he was obsessed with flying. He was obsessed with the people that flew, too. And so... Even like a, a strange weirdo like me, when I got to meet him, he treats you like you're a celebrity, like you're important. And yeah. it's just so happy and kind and gracious to get to talk with people. And That was my dad's gift in this world. My dad could talk to anybody. Um, my dad, he owned a tree business, and everyone always said they could never figure out how he got any work done because he would spend an hour on a job and spend two hours talking to a person. <laughs> Uh, to describe the kind of person that my dad was, back in the early 80s, my dad, he was driving down these suburbs in Milwaukee, and he seen this young guy about 20 years old, uh, and he had a stump in his yard. And my dad, he, he stops and says, hey, you want that stump off for $25? Guy says, sure. It takes my dad like 10 minutes to do the job. And my dad's with the guy for like another two hours. He's got the whole entire life story. And the guy, he's saying, I got nothing going for me. I barely made it through high school. Uh, I have no girlfriend. I just bought this piece of crap house that I don't know how I'm going to afford. And my dad said, why don't you start a landscape company? They make all sorts of money. And uh, our friend, Dave was his name. He said, a landscape company? How am I supposed to do that? I only have $25 in my pocket and I just gave it to you. So anyway, my dad, he, uh, about a year later, my dad's driving along and he sees this guy on a ladder in a tree with his pole saw. And my dad's thinking, oh my gosh, this guy, he's going to kill himself. So he, he gets out of the car right away and he recognizes that it's Dave. And my dad said, uh, Dave, what are you doing? And he says to my dad, I took your advice. I'm starting a company. He says, that's great, but you're going to kill yourself, man. Uh, you need a, you need a pole, uh, a pole pruner a powered pole pruner and Dave said I can't afford that those are like $600 my dad at the time didn't have any money he was driving just a 
piece of crap vehicle that would put itself in a neutral and send itself down the road. My dad just collected a bunch of money, and this is a complete stranger. My dad went into his car and gave this guy $600. And the guy couldn't believe it that my dad did this. And uh, about a month later, the guy hunted my dad down and returned the $600. And my dad said, well, how are you? How's your business doing? He said, well, not good yet, but uh, I, I, I told you when I make the money back, I would repay you. My dad said, you hold on to that money. And uh, anyways, the guy started to grow and grow, and he kept giving my dad work, stump grinding work. Well, to make a long story short, about three years ago, that guy sold his business for $3.5 million. And my dad did this with quite a few people because he would talk to everybody and listen. My dad never once cared about himself. He didn't care about how he looked. He didn't care if he wasn't making money on the job as long as the other person was happy and they got to speak their mind and let feelings out. That's the kind of person that my dad was. Definitely. Yep. Those are the best people. I like them. Yeah, your dad was a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Deweese got to meet him at our fly-in also. Can you briefly yeah. talk? Um, I don't have the picture right now. I could probably find it while you're talking, but we we joked with your dad because he came to our fly-in, not with a, well, he did come with his wing. He didn't have a motor, but he came with a bird. Yes, uh, my bird. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about that bird quick. <laughs> okay, so... Bird uh, is a northern goshawk. My dad has been a falconer since 1987, and then I took it up after him. And uh, yeah, we had many names for the bird. We were going to go with Maverick after Top Gun, and then we were going to name it after a racehorse. I decided to call the bird Nina because that was a bird that my dad had um, many years ago. But uh, yeah, it's a northern goshawk that my dad and I found together. It took us about four years um, of searching the Nicolay Forest deep in the woods. And uh, yeah, that's a little bird. Just <laughs> give me one second. I just found it and I'll show you all what we're talking about. Um, if I can get there. There we go. So all of a sudden he just walks out with this falcon. <laughs> Mm -hmm. It was beautiful. Yeah. And our my little dogs are like trying to sniff it going, what the heck is this? And that bird just sat there and looked at the, the dogs that weighed three pounds, four pounds. Could have picked them up and just take, taken them away. Yeah. yeah and so, that bird uh, next year when it molts its feathers, it will actually be all blue and it'll have beep red eyes. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And that, eyes gorgeous. Yeah, and that bird uh, is actually like the 10th most dangerous animal in the world, in the United States. Wow. So, Brandon, that about you being an actor that you mentioned, did, did we hear that right? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, I act out of, I take lessons out of Actors Craft. They're out of Kenosha, Wisconsin. I have been doing that for around two and a half years now, maybe even three years. 
Uh, my whole life, I've just wanted to entertain people and make people laugh. I started singing. I started practicing singing for nine years uh, straight. And then uh, about in 2007. We're missing that. Oh, can everybody still hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I practiced singing for nine years. And then my dad, he, he also had a small video business. That's why his uh, name was Clark's, Clark's Video. video. Okay. Uh, he did a play at the Tommyo's Playhouse in Hazelhurst. And my dad was showing Tom um, some of my singing videos. And he said, boy, I wonder if that kid could act. So I, uh, I went in there and I read some lines and I did nine shows of A Christmas Carol. And after every show, about nine shows, you would stand in line and you would shake people's hands. And everybody always told me, boy, you could do this professionally. You're the best part about this show. And my dad always wanted to see me on a stage. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to pursue this. I want to be an actor. Awesome. So we got another actor in our playing community now. Um, oh, who's the other actor? We've got Flyat Wyatt that um, he's 12 years old and he's down in Louisiana. Really? And he was just on the movie where the crawdads sing. So oh, on Netflix and a couple oh, other ones. So yeah. And he's on Instagram also, and he's an awesome little paramotor flyer. Huh. That's interesting. So Eric says your father will be missed around the hangar. He set the bar high for Brandon, but I know Brandon can do it. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. <laughs> so, all right. Thank you for joining in, Brandon and Erica and Cindy. Thank you for hanging out with us again. Um, stick around. I did put a link and I'll put it one more time if you want to meet um erica or cindy or and brandon if he wants to stick around for a few minutes um just to say hi and um whatever um but otherwise next week i believe we have a guy named winging it woody on as a guest thanks to deweese so <laughs> i can't wait to meet woody again so all right so Hold uh, up, hold up. Let me uh, give a last wait, bit to Steve. Wait, you're last. So, again, if you want to reach out to any of us, if you're interested in being a guest on the show, please, you know, feel free. This is pretty easy going. Right, girls? It was pretty easy to do. We made it pretty simple. Um, We're pretty intimidating. <laughs> big time. I'm scared. <laughs> um, <laughs> Please reach out, be a guest. We'd love to hear your flying stories of how you got into the air. If it's general aviation, paragliding, hang gliding, skydiving, cliff diving, base jumping, jumping off of a bridge, jumping off of a tower, we'd like to hear it. We'd like to share your story. Uh, but you can find me on Facebook at my name, Jade Lear. Otherwise, Instagram, Flying Flamingo Jade. I am occasionally on TikTok, not too often. Um, also, I think I've got my Tomahawk Tees figured out. So check it out, tomahawktees.com. Got some products in there. Got the little paramotor guys on there. All right. So check that out. I even made some, I got the logo with a sweatshirt made. 
So we're rocking for our next fly-ins. And um, yeah, hit us up. Deweese, where can we find you? Uh, Deweese Milstead on YouTube and on uh, Facebook. Okay. All right. And Hot Buttered Steve, where are we going to find you? Who cares? Not All I got to say is, Steve Clark, we don't see you on the air. We'll see you in the air. In the air. Yeah. You guys have a great night, and thank you all. And I love you all. Thank you for hanging out with us tonight. Come on in in the after show for a few minutes. Good night. Toodles. Nothing don't matter. It's all